and welcome to mini episode 122 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from May the 14th, 2021. And story number one comes from Izzy. My dad and my stepmom live in a very old barn conversion in a small village that lies directly on top of a ley line. They've lived there since I was 10 and it's always had a bit of an odd feeling. I've never really felt at ease in the house but only spent every other weekend with my dad so I haven't had to endure it that much. The staircases are all bare wood so you can hear people walking up and down them really clearly. Sometimes even when there's nobody there. Whatever is on the stairs has never bothered us, apart from scaring 10-year-old me shitless on the first night I stayed in that house. But in recent years, there's been a bigger problem. My dad used to work away from home five days a week and only be home at the weekend, and me and my sister were living away at university. So five days a week, it was just my stepmom and her French bulldog living in the house. One evening after work, when she was all alone in the house, my stepmom went up the stairs to mine on my sister's side of the house to go and find something in my sister's room. When she went in, all of the bed sheets were all over the floor and messed up, as if someone had been sleeping in the bed and left in a hurry. This shocked her as the cleaner had said she had changed all of the bedding in the house only a few days before and made up the beds perfectly, including my sister's. And with my sister being at university, No one had even been in that room since. She remade the bed and didn't think too much of it, thinking maybe the cleaner just forgot to make it. Later that night, she went to bed on her own and woke up in the middle of the night and there was a girl standing at the end of the bed. She was about 15, had curlers in her hair and old-fashioned pyjamas on. My stepmom, terrified, just stared at her. The girl smiled and then walked out of the room through the closed door. My stepmom turned all the lights on contemplating what she just saw and didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The following day my dad returned from working away. My dad's a very straight and direct man and unless something has got some facts behind it, he is not bothered in the slightest. He went into the kitchen where my stepmom was stood looking very tired and pale and asked her what was the matter. And she said, I need you to sit down so I can tell you something. And I don't want you to tell me that I'm mad or that I need to drink more water or whatever. My dad stopped dead in his tracks and said, You've seen her too, haven't you? Turns out my dad had the same experience when he was home one weekend, but did not want to tell my stepmom with her being on her own in the house 80% of the time. They agreed that she seemed friendly enough so they would just leave her be. They both saw her again multiple times. She would almost dance and prance around at the end of the bed or look at herself in the mirror. Thinking they were the only ones who were being affected by the girl, they kept it to themselves, not telling my sister and I as they didn't want to frighten us. They were wrong. My stepmom received a call from their cleaner at work, saying that she refused to come back as there was something evil in the house. It turns out the cleaner had been suffering much more than my parents had that day, The lights were turning on and off like crazy. The television was turning on without the remote being touched. The radio turned itself up to full volume and the taps were turning themselves on. The final straw was that she made the spare bedroom look nice for guests coming that week, properly drawn the curtains back and made the bed and arranged everything. She left the room for two minutes to get some towels for the guests 
and came back to the bedding strewn all over the floor and the curtains closed. My parents didn't understand. The ghost had been fine and seemed friendly. Why was she doing this to the cleaner? The cleaner never came back to the house. It was clear that something had changed, as they were now also experiencing the same things that the cleaner had, and it was starting to scare them, but as it was coming up to Christmas, they tried their best to ignore it. My partner and I had gone to stay on Boxing Day night. I've always been privy to the paranormal and I've always had a sixth sense. We had a lovely day and at the end of the day we went up to mine and my sister's side to go to bed. As I walked up the stairs, a shadow caught my eye, but I paid it no mind as I thought it was probably whatever had been on the stairs for years, or my eyes deceiving me. Remember at this point I still had no idea about the ghost of the girl. We went to bed and I felt very unsettled and tried to go asleep but just couldn't. My partner was fast asleep next to me snoring loudly but I couldn't get over the fact that I knew something was watching me from the corner of the room. I knew there was something there, but feeling sheepish, I hung on to my partner really tight and just tried to forget about it so I didn't freak myself out. I mentioned in the morning to my stepmom that there was something in the room, and she looked super sheepish at first, but pulled herself together and went, Oh, don't be silly. Two days later, we went for lunch with my eldest brother and his partner, He's much older than me, as him and my other brother were from my dad's first marriage. And I told him, and he went, Oh, do you not know? And he told me all of the above about how they'd been wrestling with this ghost, and she'd turned nasty, and how he was trying to convince them to get the house exercised. I went really cold because I knew something had been watching me that night, and it was her. A couple of months went by and my parents had just gotten used to all of the things that were happening until something happened that tipped my stepmom over the edge. My dad had gone and picked up my grandparents and brought them back to the house for lunch. They stayed for the day and then he drove them home, leaving my stepmom alone in the house. During this time, she decided to do the washing up. As she went to place a wine glass back up on the shelf, it was ripped from her hand thrown across the room and shattered against the wall onto the floor. She was very taken aback, and when she went to clear up the glass from the floor, there was a trail of wet bare footprints on the floor. No one in the house ever walks around barefoot, because it's flagstone flooring and gets very cold, so they decided, enough is enough. My dad got in contact with a medium and asked for help. They were sceptical at first because she said she didn't need to come to the house. She just needed photos of it and a floor plan. But she said she wouldn't expect payment until they were satisfied, so they decided to proceed as it was almost no win, no fee. She told my dad to give her a few days, but in the meantime it would be wise if they bought some white sage and burned it around the house to cleanse it. The following Saturday my dad was sitting in the living room watching telly, and my stepmom decided it would be a good idea to burn the sage and see if it helped. She lit it and started walking around, and not knowing what to do, she decided to start reciting the Lord's Prayer as she did it. In the living room for years, there has been a 2007-esque chunky iPod classic in a docking station that was unplugged, but is there just in case they need it. As my mum entered the living room with the sage, the docking station started blaring music, despite not even being plugged in. 
The music of choice was Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. A song that later on we realised was not even a song that was on the iPod. My stepmom continued with the sage and the Lord's Prayer. When my dad tried to figure out how to turn off the iPod, he realised that it wasn't even on. And about halfway through the song, the music stopped. Later that day, the medium rang my dad. She explained that the ghost who had died in the village in the 1970s as a young girl from an illness was no longer in the house and wanted to thank my dad and my stepmom for looking after her and using the medium to reunite her with her maternal grandmother. The worst part is, when my dad asked her if the girl had died in the house, the medium said no. She had followed my sister when she was walking back from the train station, but had stayed in the house to try and keep my stepmom company when she realised my sister was not staying. Thus why my sister's bedding was always messed up. She had tried to take her place. She had gotten agitated when they started to ignore her and tried to scare the cleaner away as if she were an intruder. When you go, there's still something there walking up and down the stairs. But I don't feel watched anymore. And my sister's bedding stays safely in place, even though she still doesn't know about it. Footsteps on the stairs and stuff is something that you will try and rationalise away in most cases. Like if you're lying in bed, you hear footsteps on the stairs. If you realise, okay, it's not an intruder, then you just kind of think, oh, it's the house settling or it's creaking floorboards or whatever. But I don't really think that you can rationalise a teenager from the 1970s living in your household. Don't think you can rationalise that away. I went and looked up These Boots Are Made For Walking and it was 1966 that came out. And if you haven't listened to the song in, the, in a while, go and listen to it. It's an absolute jam. Still such an amazing song and the music video is stunning as well. If you want, if you want to pass a couple of minutes today, go and watch it on YouTube. It's great. And while I think it would be unpleasant, obviously, for the people who were experiencing this all the time, I just feel like it was a teenage girl looking for attention. And it makes me really sad. She obviously died before her time. She obviously felt like she had died before her time, followed the sister home and then thought, oh, I can stay here. And then wasn't getting the intentions she needed. So did very teenagery things like wrecking the bedroom, turning things on and off, smashing things. But ultimately was very grateful to be released to where she needed to be. I know that story is very scary, but I've also found it very heartwarming, I have to say. And story number two comes from Harriet. My partner Ben and I lived in a flat attached to his dad's house a few years ago. It was on the second floor of the house and had its own entrance. It was a very old Cornish house that belonged to one of the four lords of Cornwall in England, Lord Treffery. We technically lived in the old servants' quarters, who had their own small apartment. There was also another small apartment opposite that Ben's dad had turned into a home gym. We lived in our flat 2B for about six months before I decided I'd had enough and couldn't be around all the weird shit anymore. When we first moved in, within a few days, all of our clocks and watches stopped working, either stopping completely or going backwards. This included a smartwatch that is obviously digital. All of these devices worked fine before we moved in, and six months later when we moved out, they all spontaneously worked normally again. We had a few minor incidences where we would leave the flat with no lights on and all of the windows shut and would come home to either one or a few lights on 
and one of our bedroom windows open. We never found an explanation for this. The converted home gym room I mentioned earlier always had an odd vibe. I would be on the running machine or cycling on the static bike alone in the room and always got the feeling I was being watched or there was just someone else in the room. There never was. And lots of other people said the same thing. Ben's dad's wife loves to sing with her band and used to set up her microphones and amps in this room and use it as her practice space. She regularly invited friends over to jam with her and they often felt uncomfortable in the room. One of her good friends that came around, who was a medium, said she saw a man and a woman walking around the gym. As I said before, these were the servants' quarters many years ago. So was it them? Did they die there? There was a death certificate found in one of the drawers of the main house, and this death certificate had the surname Treffrey, and that person had died in the house. We had two very freaky experiences that we witnessed ourselves. The first was as I was drying the dishes that were on the drainer. We had only lived in the flat for about two weeks and we had two friends staying over. They were in the living room and I was in the kitchen. I suddenly heard this odd vibrating noise and sadly not in a naughty way. I called Ben and my friends in and they all looked at me with confusion. I opened the dining room door and there was a box full of things we needed for our fish tank. The noise was coming from an electronic fish feeder but we hadn't touched it in nearly a week. I know that can be easily debunked with faulty batteries, but why then? It's too odd with the other things that happened. The second thing was as we were getting into bed. We had returned from New Zealand about a month before and had bought lots of gifts to give people for Christmas. They were all in paper bags. I stepped up to get into bed and the bags started making this scrunching noise. Our dog Agnes also reacted to this and stared at the bags with her ears up. A few seconds later, there was a fast, quick scrunching sound, as if someone was crushing the paper into a ball, and I screamed and Agnes jumped up so quickly and growled at the corner. I slept with the light on that night. We decided to ask Ben's dad and stepmom whether they had had any odd experiences in the house. They said they occasionally heard a little girl's voice saying hello and calling for her daddy. They have heard this multiple times and still do to this day. We also walked into the main kitchen where Ben's dad and stepmom were sat at the table. There were no windows open, no fans on, no air conditioning and we were all chatting. And suddenly this display spoon that was on a cabinet flew halfway across the room and landed on the floor. There's just no way that it fell as it was behind a little lip that helped keep it up there. It seriously flew across the room. I'll give you one more little one that definitely freaked me out the most. Ben and I were both asleep in bed. Our dog Agnes usually sleeps with us. I woke up slightly as I heard her come into the room and lick my fingers. So I patted the bed to get her to jump up and settle down. But she didn't. I didn't feel her jump up as she usually would. I turned my light on and she wasn't even in the room. But my fingers were still slightly wet from where I thought she had licked them. Ben thinks it's a ghost kid like off the grudge and I'm just hoping it was a ghost dog. I would be so down for that. Since leaving and moving into a different house we have had no activity at all. Thank God and I hope we never do again. Sorry but did we just get a real life version of that urban legend? You know that urban legend that's like the person is lying in bed 
They put their hands down. They feel their dog come into the room. They feel their dog licking their fingers. And then is it that they get up and the dog is dead in the bathroom and written in the blood it says humans can lick too? Harriet, I'm really sorry if you've never heard that urban legend and now is the first time that you're hearing it. And um, I've put the idea in your head that it might have been a human licking your fingers and not actually a ghost dog. I don't know if I'd prefer a ghost dog or Toshio from the Grudge. I think I'd probably prefer a ghost dog, to be honest. It's a lot less threatening. Toshio from the Grudge makes those weird little cat noises, so no thank you, not in my house. All of those houses in the UK that are like hundreds and hundreds of years old and still have people living in in them to this day and have been refurbished and updated, they just blow my mind because when you think about the amount of history that has happened there, as in the amount of families that have lived there, the amount of feet that have walked over those floorboards, the amount of sadness, the amount of happiness, the amount of joy, the amount of death, like all of the things that have happened in those houses, I like, I find it really overwhelming. And when I actually stop and think about it, I think, oh my God, you know, 100 years ago, what was happening in this house? 200 years ago, what was happening in this house? Blows my mind, really does blow my mind. So is it any wonder that there would be like little echoes of time? I don't think so. And story number three comes from Anonymous. I've always been fascinated with scary and creepy things. Since I can remember, horror tropes and movies have been my favourite pastime activity. And I've always felt a strong connection to things on the eerie and the paranormal side. I'm 27 now, and there's been a lot of things over the years that some would consider paranormal or out of the ordinary. I want to share the one experience that I still can't explain and don't know what happened. It happened when I was around 17 years old, and at the time I lived in South Africa with my family. My grandparents lived in a small fisherman's town on the west coast of Namibia. We would visit them every year around Christmas time. In December 2011, as usual, we went to my grandparents for the holidays. At this time, my grandparents had moved out of their house of many years and moved into a house on the grounds of my uncle's camping site. This was because of health and financial reasons. Our whole family would gather at the camping site and have a big family Christmas together. This town was very safe and everyone knew everyone. This was great for us, giving us a bit more freedom to live about and do our own thing during the day and it was also pretty safe for teens to move around during the night. One day I was walking around listening to music on my headphones. I was walking between the houses on the edge of the town next to the shoreline. I was so in a trance with my music and living in my own mind that I didn't notice a person walking up to me from the front. I was looking down at that point and all of a sudden I saw a pair of legs and feet approaching me at a steady pace. They were old brown tattered shoes and worn out grey pants. Then I felt a gust of air from the front that felt like it took all the air out of me. When I looked up there was nothing and nobody. This all happened in a matter of seconds. I stopped in my tracks and for a moment it felt like I was dreaming. My heart was pounding and I got cold sweats all over. After a while I just assumed that I was in such a trance with my music and my own thoughts that it was probably my mind playing tricks on me. So I brushed it off and carried on with my walk. Later that night, after dinner, everyone settled in front of the TV and watched some Christmas specials. I wasn't much interested and thought I'd take a walk again. This time I decided to just walk around the camp and not go too far away. The weather in that part of the country can change quite rapidly, and this night was no exception. Before sunset, big clouds of mist rolled in from the ocean. At the time of my night walk, the night sky was filled with thick mist and it made it hard to see further than a few metres. 
It was a very pleasant walk for the most part, but towards the end of my walk I started feeling strange. Like something was pressing on my shoulders and back. I decided to hurry back to the campsite and get some rest. Maybe I was just overexhausted from the day. I was looking down at where I was walking because the moon had been blocked by all the mist and I had a general idea of where I was at that point so I didn't need to look up the whole time. Then, exactly like before, the pair of legs and feet rushed towards me. The same brown tattered shoes, the same worn out grey pants. My body felt like it was turning to ice and this time I didn't look up. I just started running without thinking. While I was running, I could hear something or someone running right behind me, breathing heavily. The faster I ran, the faster the footsteps ran behind me, and the heavier the breathing. When I reached the camping site, my head and my heart were pounding so loudly that I didn't even realise the sounds behind me had stopped. Inside the gates of the camping site, I stopped and looked back. And again, my whole body felt like it was turning to ice because down the road leading to the campsite gates, I saw a person standing and waiting, but the only thing I could see were a pair of legs, as if the mist was covering the torso and the head. I coughed a few times and bent over to catch my breath, and when I looked up, there was nothing, just mist. Up to this day, this is the most horrific experience of my life. I don't know how to explain it or what to make of it, I freaked out some of my friends when I told them this story and my boyfriend still hates me for telling him this. Was it the fact that you just couldn't see the torso and the head of this entity or was it that the entity was literally just a pair of legs? We've definitely had stories like this before where people see legs running, they see feet appear, whatever it is. But is the assumption that it is attached to the rest of a body, you know? Or is this a case where it is just legs that are being seen? I would love to know. If you had happened to be looking up at the times that you had seen the legs, would you have seen a whole body? Or did you just see legs because that's all there was to see? What a weird thought. And I totally agree. The first time it happened, you'd be thinking, oh, it's just my imagination. Like I was so lost in my music, wasn't paying attention. Surely I didn't see a pair of legs running towards me. And then the second time, and those little legs chasing you, you'd be feeling like, oh... I definitely just saw a pair of legs. And story number four comes from Sophia. I have a spooky story of something that might be a cryptid. The story starts at a house that I lived in for seven years. Now this place was super haunted. There was a blue ghost, random things falling, noises in the attic, orbs and pictures, floor demons, to name but a few. A random fact my mom told me when her and my dad were moving into the bedroom She found a Bible and some sage. Totally not a red flag. There were a couple of kids that lived nearby. Cass, Maya and Joe. Me and Cass lived right next door to each other and we had balconies. And we would bend over the railing of the balconies and talk. One day Cass went out with her dad to walk her dog and I just waited for her to come back. And when she did, she seemed a bit shaken. When I asked her what the matter was, she told me, When I was by the creek, I found a hole. Bronco the dog was right next to me and my dad was ahead of me. And what looked like a pink doll's hand grabbed my ankle. Later on, we were playing by the creek and crabapple trees. Maya was there and this time Cass told Maya about what happened to her earlier. 
Cass actually showed us the hole and we made the decision to try and trap this creature. Smart, right? We all named this mystery pink hand the Jaguar Beast. We left leaves outside the hole and set a trap. The next day when we checked, there were weird footprints around the hole. After that, we were pretty weirded out. But as kids do, our obsession only lasted about a week and then we got over it. We never really figured out what it was. Possibly an animal, a cryptid, an owl. We couldn't really figure out what animal has little pink doll hands. Beats me. I feel like Sophia might be one of our youngest listeners. If you want to see some of Sophia's art, there is art that Sophia sent us on the website. And she is a very talented artist. And you know what, Sophia? We all know it's never owls. And I think you encountered some sort of little fairy creature. And you were probably best not to trap it because that would not have ended well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Izzy, Harriet, Anonymous and Sophia for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from May the 14th, 2021. And if you would like to find anything out about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can do so by checking out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>